We continue with the Daily Sports Feed on ESPN Harrisonburg. I am Dave Rigger. It's a pleasure to have you along. We are now less than three weeks away from the season opener. What, 20? No, 19 days away now. It would have been 21 on Saturday. We're 19 days away from the opener against Bucknell at Bridge Forest Stadium. Let's talk some JMU football now with the beat writer of that program for the Daily News Record. Here is Noah Fleischman. Hi, Noah. How are you, sir? Doing well, Dave. How are you? I am great. I know you didn't get to see a lot of the scrimmage, but there was a scrimmage on Saturday. What did you find out about the scrimmage on Saturday? Yeah, you know, it sounds like it went well. Chris McNody was happy afterwards, and I think the biggest part he was happy was nobody got hurt. So it's always a win when a team can get out of a scrimmage and everyone's healthy and good to go. There was a lot of talk about that in the post-game or post-scrimmage media scrum that, that took place. It's just... Okay, and he even he brought most of it up that yeah, I would love to be tackling right now, but we do have a veteran group. They've played a lot of football. Any concern in your mind that that there isn't tackling? And a lot of programs do this. So JMU is not not a program that's by themselves. They do this in the National Football League as well. Most programs don't tackle anymore. That's kind of the way of football. No more two days. No more full tackling in practice. But is, is there any concern with you going into a first game or the first few games of the season, um, not going live and and not replicating real football as Coach likes to say? I don't think so. I think he talked about, you know, they still have one more scrimmage left in camp and he wants to tackle in that one. So I think, you know, that will be their good, you know, test run. But, I mean, you got Bucknell first, so it's not like you're playing, you know, a national championship right. team in week one. So I think they'll be okay even if they don't tackle. That can be their, you know, first taste of tackling against a team that, you know, hasn't had a winning record in a few years. So it's not the worst case scenario, uh, kind of have a schedule set up. But I think he'll end up tackling in that second one. He kind of sounded adamant. He was like, but we do want to keep people healthy. So mm-hmm. he's going to, you know, debate it in his head a little bit more probably. Well, and the one thing, too, is it's not like this is the first year they've done this. They've done this in years past, and, and this team – is with what they talk about defensively, fast, physical, relentless. They're going to get to the football. They're going to tackle. Um, that's one thing that, that usually I, sometimes it surprises me that there's not a ton of more missed tackles early in the season, and this team wasn't like that a year ago, and most of these guys are back. So I think that's probably why there's why he may shy away from it, even not tackling maybe in the next scrimmage because there there, are, there is so much veteran. There are so many veterans on the defense side of the football that, that kind of know know what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, you talk about having returners. I think what seven or eight guys back on the defense side of the ball, and, and then they know how to tackle. And I think you know when you when you thud the way they did in practice on Saturday, it, it kind of teaches the fundamentals of tackling because you're basically squaring them up and just wrapping them up and giving them a big hug and just blowing the play dead. So, you know, these guys know how to tackle. It's not their first time. And on the offensive side of the ball, whole offensive line is used to playing and playing, you know, very physical. And then you talk about. These skill position guys, a lot of them have played college football before, so they, they know what it feels like to get tackled. So it's not going to be like they're playing with a whole lot of freshmen out there that have no idea what it's like to get tackled at the college level. Here's the one area, maybe running backs, just being able to break those tackles and do that in practice. Again, not that they can't do it when they don't practice it, but it's something maybe you can work on a little bit. But I think KB and, and Tyson Lott and Latrell, those guys are, are used to it anyway. So again, we're talking to Noah Fleischman from the Daily News Record. Anything about quarterbacks that you know? That's a great question. <laughs> Everyone wants to know that answer. But, uh, you know, not really. You know, I don't think Kurt Chignetti hasn't said much. He doesn't want to talk about much when it comes to that position. But I assume sometime sooner than later we'll probably get an answer. But as of now, he's happy with their progress, he said. And I think, you know, they look good. I mean, all four quarterbacks do look good. Um, Alonzo Barnett and Jordan McLeod and, you know, Brett Gris and uh, Billy Hudkins. So he doesn't want to say a lot. But I figured at some point in this camp he, he might go a little bit deeper than what he said so far. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if it does happen earlier than a, a year ago. But again, to let people know, and I know there's things out on social media. Why aren't people asking questions about the quarterbacks? We're not we're not allowed to right now. And, and coach said when 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 he knows something, he will tell us. So as of right now, there's still a quarterback competition going on, and we will find out when uh, when they. When they want to tell us who the starting quarterback is, that is when we will find out. But, you know, talk a little bit about anything offensively that, that you've seen here lately that that uh, is intriguing to you as they inch closer to the season? Yeah, you know, I think uh, Tashi Hudson's a very intriguing guy, you know, coming in over the summer and immediately kind of making an impact right away. So, you know, he's had really good re- reviews about him. And a guy like Kai Wright, you know, a transfer tight end, who's he looks like a blocking tight end, but we've seen him run some routes and then catch the ball too, so... Those are two new guys on the offense. I'm like, you know, I think they'll make an impact right away week one, and you go into that, you know, pivotal stretch in weeks two, three, four, five right afterwards. You know, I, you and I both had a t- chance to talk to Taji Hudson after he committed, and he's a guy that is very – he's raw to the wide receiver position. So to see his ascent to getting a lot of reps with the first and second team guys um, – I don't know if it's surprising or not, but it's he's a former quarterback. He knows – he knows what the receivers are supposed to do. And we see this a lot, especially college quarterbacks going to the NFL to be receivers, different things like that. You see that in college also, but I think it does help that he was a quarterback. We haven't seen him much on the field as receiver um, where he was at ECU, but I think his transformation is pretty impressive to see that that he's getting a lot of run right now with the first and second team guys, and he could be an integral part. This could be maybe one of the best, best offseason pickups for, for Coach Signetti and his staff. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't played a lot of wide receiver in college, right? He played one reception, which was in their bowl last year against Coastal Carolina when he was at ECU, but he's an athlete. He plays on special teams a bunch at East Carolina, and, you know, he just became a receiver just to play. He's a, he's a player, and he's an athlete. I think when you put those two together, and a guy wants to play, and a guy wants to get better every day, you know, you get a guy like Taji Hudson, who he's got the size of the wide receiver. Now it's just a, kind of a matter of refining those, those skills, and I think he'll, you know, have it down enough to, to be able to play in year one at JMU, and he was guys people saw him grab at the portal. It's like, why do they need another receiver? Well, it turns out he's he's a good good late portal addition that, that Jamie was able to get. He was in the portal for a while too, and you know a lot of teams passed on him. And you know he told me when he committed to JMU that he's ready to just kind of prove all the teams wrong that you know we're interested. At one point, we're like, ah, you know the injuries kind of scared him away, but right now he's uh, doing everything he can at JMU. His size could be a factor in that wide receiver room. They haven't had a ton of a taller, bigger receivers, and that could hap- that could factor in in the red zone or some jump balls, different things like that. I think his size could certainly be a factor. It could, yeah. I mean, we saw him try to get taller in that room this offseason. I mean, you look at him, you look at a, a freshman they brought in, like Ibrahim Barry, who's at 6'4", 6'5", too. So, you know, they, they, they got height. Now it's kind of a matter of de- just developing the height and, and turning it into a you know Division One uh, wide receiver, but you know, Taji Hudson seems to be pretty much there by now, and uh, Mike Shanahan oh, is going to have some fun working with him in the red zone, and it's just working with him, you know, when trying to, you know, pick up yardage, you can go right over the middle or and do some cool things with him to, you know, use that size and take advantage, especially if he gets matched up with a, with a smaller corner. Here we're talking with Noah Fleischer from the Daily News Record. Staying with offense, the, the tight end position, obviously we know about, about Zach Horton and what he can do, but... Kai Wright, Taylor Thompson coming in, Jordan Funk switching from D-line to tight end. Um, 
seems like all four of those guys are kind of in the mix to get a lot of snaps this year. Do you, I know we've talked a little bit about this where we could see some two and three tight end sets, and we saw a bunch of that last year. I, I think we might might see that quite a bit with this football team, and um, I, I like those additions, those tight ends, and we won't see much of the freshmen. They had a couple of tight ends come in as well, but I think that'll help down the road. Um, but they seem pretty stacked at the tight end spot, and they, I think they really like what they're seeing so far from those those transfers. Yeah, I think they do. And I think, you know, we've seen them all. And I think you can kind of treat Jordan Funk as almost a transfer ready transfer from the defense to the offense. And, uh, you know, we didn't know what to expect from him. You know, it's been a few years since he played tight end, but he looked, you know, really good in practice. Kind of, you know, a big body guy that like, he can catch the football. A lot of people might, you know, think, well, a bunch of linemen is there to block. Well, he can get down the field a little bit and catch the ball, too. So I think. You know, any of these three guys they, they have, you know, new to the room that are that are experienced at the college level in some way or another will make an impact. And I think we'll see, you know, all three of them in, in you know, alongside Zach Horton throughout, you know, the season as it comes. And it's good. You're right, you want to have quality depth and you want to, they want to have guys that can do different things. And, and all three of them bring a different thing to the table. We're talking to Fleischman from the DNR as he is a JMU football beat writer for that newspaper. You can check out more of his stuff at dnronline.com slash sports or pick up the paper as well. And I know one thing Coach talked about, and we talked a little bit about injury prevention as far as not tackling, but this team has stayed relatively healthy. It just doesn't seem like there's too many guys on the side um, just getting some work in because they're they're not allowed to practice. It seems like they've pretty much had everybody throughout the fall. Yeah, you know, they haven't really had anyone, you know, completely not dressed throughout the fall. I mean, yes, there's probably guys that are limited in what they can do, which, you know, picking up bumps and bruises would happen if you don't want to, you know, injure them, <laughs> you know, really severely. So if they've got a bump and bruise, they, they can do certain things and not do other things. But they haven't had anyone, you know, go down with a, you know, a season-ending injury at this point, uh, which, you know, last year they had a few guys in camp pick up some, you know, pretty serious injuries that held them out for a little bit. And I think that that's a good sign. And, and the good thing that, you know, they've learned from what happened last year and moved forward. And, you know, that's that shows, you know, how proactive this this program is, and they, they learned from their mistakes a year ago, or not mistakes, but just unluckiness, I guess, and, and then, you know, can able to, to build off of that, and they have, and so far it's worked out for them. Okay, we're talking to Noah Fleischer from the DNR here on the show today. Defensively, what do you learn about that side of the football so far? Anything that has intrigued you on that side? Eh, it's a solid unit. <laughs> Basically the same people back from last year. I thought a few you know, starters here or there, but, you know, I think that they, they like their depth at linebacker. You know, they, he's talked about that. And, you know, Aiden Fisher and Trent Hendrick, you know, sitting behind, you know, Torres Jones and Jalen Walker. And then I think corner is probably the biggest question mark going into camp. But, you know, you, you think about it, the top three guys all played a lot last year with Chauncey Logan, Devin Coles, and, and Brent Austin. And then you, you bring in a couple more that can play. I think, you know, it'd be interesting to see who takes that fourth corner. Is it D'Angelo Ponds? He's He's impressed during camp, or is a guy like Travell Mullen, who isn't the biggest guy, but he's got the, the pedigree of being a, a elite corner. So I don't know which way they're going to go with that fourth corner, but the top three, you know, I think you know, everyone knows what they have with those three guys. Just seeing some of Chauncey Logan in, in some of the stuff early and then late and just seeing him kind of carry himself on the field, he kind of looks like a dude now. I mean, obviously starting as a true freshman, is, is <laughs> that's hard to do. And he kind of got thrown to the fire after battling some injuries early and, and did a good job. But does he seem different to you when you just see him practice and, and, and just carry himself on the field? Yeah, I think he's got a little bit more muscle. I think he also just has a little bit more confidence. You know, I think he knew he could play at the college level. Um, there's a reason why he, you know, started, you know, a couple games in after he was fully healthy, but now I think, you know, full year of playing and, and things like that, I think he's, you know, really, really confident about his, his skills and his showing right now, and 
you saw the confidence build throughout the year. I mean, he came in first, you know, couple of things. What's first play of his career? He yeah. had to break up a pass in the end zone yep. against Norfolk State. I think, you know, that showed that he was ready to play. And uh, now it's just another year of learning and, and, and improving in that room. And the young room without besides Devin Coles. And I think that Chauncey is a good one to, you know, lead that room as, as a sophomore. You know, and with him too, I, I just, last year he was going to be a receiver. He was going to be corner. There was a little unsure of what, where he exactly he was going to play because he was an athlete. But now he's, he's entrenched now as it looks like that number one corner. So I'm sure that's given him a little peace, to, peace of mind as well. But, you know, Brent Austin coming back from the injury, um, he seems like he's running around pretty well right now too. So they, they just seem to have so much more depth in that room than they did a year ago. Yeah, I think they do. And it, it, that's, you know, Part of the thing that Chris Cignetti talked about last year is, you know, at certain spots they just didn't have the quality depth that they wanted, and, and it showed at times, you know, special teams struggled when they had a lot of injuries start to pile up. Corner was, you know, shaky at times, but, you know, I think they've got who they want there. And a guy like Devin Cole, you know, last year, you know, being a Norfolk State transfer, you don't know what to expect. He, he didn't get a whole lot of run on the defense for a while, and all of a sudden, you know, back-to-back weeks has, you know, a couple fumbles and, and things like that. He gripped grip the ball out of, you know, Darren Granger's hands against Georgia State, which helped, you know, spark that comeback. So he's a guy who came on strong toward the end of the year last year, and I think, you know, he really wants to build off of that and, and kind of, you know, be that second corner. And I think he is right now, if you talk about it, you're seeing, you know, what he was able to do a year ago and, and you know, how he's trying to build off that in his senior year. Okay, we're talking with Noah Fletcher from the Daily News Record. Is there concern with D-line depth with, again, obviously you've got your top guys, and even, even at defensive end you've got your really top three and Jalen Green and uh, Mikhail Kamara, Abby Nwaku Okonji. After that, there's just some young guys. And then in the middle, it's it's really James Carpenter, Jamri Chroma. After that, a ton of young guys. Is that a concern for you? And do you think it could be an issue as the season wears on? Uh, you know, I don't know because you talk about, you know, James Carpenter on the interior. He, he doesn't come off the field much. I mean, they do have, you know, Emmanuel Bush. They brought in from Marshall who can play on the interior too, and I think he will a lot. Um, so I don't think, as long as everyone stays healthy, I think they're probably, you know, pretty pretty comfortable if they have a D line. I mean, Jamie Cromwell can play in the interior and the exterior, kind of, you know, that, that Swiss Army knife on the D line. And there was, if there's a hole somewhere he needs to fill, he'll do it. I mean, Emmanuel Bush is a quality guy they brought in. And then, you know, James Carpenter is James Carpenter. I think, you know, his name says everything you need to know about him. So as long as they don't lose too many guys to injury, I think, you know, they can afford to lose maybe one throughout the year to be banged up. But other than that, I think, you know, they'll be fine. But if injuries start to mount the D-line, then, you know, it starts to become a concern. Well, and you mentioned this, I think, earlier when we talked um, a couple weeks ago or last week, whenever it was, just about how James Carpenter played so many snaps a year ago. And really the guys that we've talked about, um, have stayed relatively healthy. They've kind of been Ironmen for this team, and, and even, it's that's a hard position. Again, you'd love to be able to, to rotate a bunch of guys in and keep guys fresh for the most part, but we saw even late in games that Carp was still dominating, and it doesn't seem like those guys need a ton of breaks. Again, you're going to get a break here and there, but those guys, they, they know, nah, going back to the veteran thing where they kind of know what they're doing, these guys know how to kind of stay uh, stay the course and, and be be better as the game wears on. Yeah, I mean, James Carpenter played 625 snaps as a defensive lineman last year. It's more than, you know, like I think Torres Jones played a year ago. And, and you talk about that he's the second most snaps among a Sunbelt defensive lineman last year, 17th most in the country. So he played a lot. And he, he is good, effective from snap one to snap 60 in a game. And I think that's something you like to see, especially a guy like him who, you know, started his career as a walk-on. I think that, you know, shows a little bit in the fact that he wants to prove himself, even though he is now, you know, one of the best players on this team, 
not even just defensively, but one of the best overall on the team kind of, you know, wears it on his sleeve of saying, you know what, I still need to earn it every day. And he, he takes it to his, you know, puts it on his chest and goes for it. And I think it really shows he makes an impact on that D line. And it's hard for an interior guy to, you know, put up numbers like he did. And he put up a lot last year. And I think he you know, wants to build off of that being a, being a first team uh, preseason pick. We don't talk about the specialists much, but they return their kicker in Camden Wise. They bring in Nathan Peterson, a pretty highly sought after kicker from Centerville. Um, but it'll be it'll be Wise as the place kicker, won't it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Patterson isn't um, in camp yet. You can only carry, and you know, I forget what the number is, but you can't carry the full roster in camp. And so he'll show up when, when school starts. You know, gotcha. I think he'll be here sooner than later. But uh, yeah. And Connor Wise Madden will still be the kickoff specialist, too, up. so that's nice to have him as the kickoff specialist. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, you have Connor Madden back, and uh, he has a big leg. Yeah, I also make, we might see him kick a, a long one. I think, you know, he, I've seen him, you know, we saw him last year in warm-ups trying to kick, you know, 60 yarders. I think, you know, this year could be the year we see him, Signetti, try it out and see what happens. And Ryan Hansen, you know, we get to see some of the special team stuff. He seems so consistent where he's just bombing high kicks and, and, they're going over 40 yards, they're covering, and, and not much of a return. I, we talked about it when he, when he committed and everything, and I think we both got to talk to him then also, that this, this is going to be a weapon that, again, the Dukes have had great punters, Harry O'Kelly, and, and, and last year um, Sam Clark was outstanding, but I, it's, it's Ryan Clark or Ryan Hansel has a couple years left, and I, he's really freaking good. I mean, that's a great weapon to have. Yeah, no, he is. And, you know, there's a reason why he's the first-team Awesome belt punter. He punted a lot in Arkansas State, um, just because of you know they punted a lot, and you know he showed he was really good there, and he punted a lot against JMU last year, and now he's on JMU, and I don't think you know Kurt Schneider wants to see Ryan Hansen, Ryan Hansen out on the field a lot during games, but you know when they have to turn to him, I think they're really comfortable with flipping the field and, and setting up that defense that have got teams pinned way back and kind of play the field position game at times. Which if you have an elite defense like JMU and an elite punter. You know, because it's really hard for other teams to have to go down the, the entire length of the field, like basically every possession. And I think that's kind of what Jamie is hoping for. And, uh, yeah, I think they, they found it in a guy like Ryan Hansen. And, and no more Kyle Davis for the first time in about 37 years. Um, he, his eligibility is finally over. Caden Schickel's a redshirt sophomore that um, is, is a long snapper. Jack Mowry actually has had stars next to his name as a long snapper who is a freshman from Charlotte. But um, that's something that – you, you hope you don't talk about the long snapper much. You, we did with Cal Davis because he didn't ever screw up the snap up. But, we, again, he was one of the best in the country, and he was around for a long time, so we talked to him quite a bit. But you, you don't want to talk about the snapper much because if you do, they probably made a mistake. But um, I, I guess I don't know who has the edge right now. Probably Schickle just being the returner right now, but uh, who knows? Yeah, you know, it's a long snapper. We don't get to see him much. They spend most of the practice, you know, on the side and uh, yeah, hanging out, you know, working on their, their craft. But, you know, I think, you know, Kane Schickel could be the, the answer. I mean, you know, or, or Jack Mowry, but I think, you know, whoever does it is, is going to be able to do a good job. Uh, and then we'll, we'll probably see them both on the travel roster throughout the year as well. So you, there's probably competition there. We haven't heard much about it. Maybe it's, maybe it's time to ask about the little long snapper. But uh, <laughs> we should whoever should. gets plugged in there, we'll, we'll be okay. Maybe that's just like the quarterback. Maybe we can't. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. I don't know. I guess we might as well ask to find out. That's what we'll do. That's what we'll do next time. So, and again, and in the return game, again, Solomon Van Horst, when he's been healthy, he's been really good. I don't think we'll probably see Kalon back there, um, but I think we'll see Solomon back there as far as uh, kickoff return. 
Sammy Malinaji's done it back, done it there. Uh, Q Reed has done it there. So they pretty much have everybody back there that can do it. To punt return, Cheese Surratt did it last year. I know Phoenix Sproles has been working with that a little bit, and there's been others as well. So um, it, it, I think they could be explosive in the return game if uh, if guys stay healthy there too. Yeah, they've got a lot of speedy guys that, that can play there. As long as everyone stays on the field, uh, you know, a guy like Solomon Van Horst is such a weapon for this team. You know, he's a good kick returner. He's also, you know, a wide receiver slash running back slash, you know, whatever they kind of want him to do, he can do it really well. And I think, you know, with him getting hurt last year, you know, I think it showed at times they didn't have, you know, that, that really back that was a true receiving back, right? And I think that this year, you know, having a back is really good. And Kalon told me he wants to kind of, you know, become a Solomon-type player, which have a receiving ability. But Solomon is kind of hard to, to replicate, and we saw that a year ago. So if he stays in the field, not only is he an impact player on offense, he's a big-time impact player on the special team unit, too. All right, my man, more practice coming up tomorrow, a day off today, a day off yesterday after the scrimmage on Saturday, and we will uh, trend. Con- we will continue the trend toward the opener on the second, now 19 days away. Noah, thank you so much for your time, my friend. We'll talk again soon. Yes, sir. Thank you.